Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, Words of Life Sunday School. And we're studying the power of your words in your life. Today is Sunday, April 2nd. Okay, so um, we started uh, working out on the battlefield of your mind. And we'll start today with another quote from Graham Cook. Our mindset works for or against us. A negative mindset kills our creativity and robs us of power. However, a negative thought always has a heavenly counterpart. Frustration can actually be a sign that an upgrade is present. Frustration is a confession that we are powerless. But, underline the but, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. When you have and catch a negative thought, immediately ask the Holy Spirit for the heavenly counterpart and choose to dwell on it. Celebrate and repeat. So when we have a negative thought, according to Graham, according to the scriptures, there's always a positive that is opposite. And that's <coughs> what we need to consciously choose and replace that negative thought or attitude with the positive. Line it up with the scripture. <clears throat> Kenneth Copeland said that faith caused things that be not as though they were. Faith never caused things that are the way they are. The carnal mind does that. Everything in the natural is going downhill and will never improve on its own. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And he backs that up with Romans 8, verses 5 and 6. Jesus spoke the desired end results. Put his words into your mouth. Jesus, in all his glory, is backing us up with all that mountain-moving, healing, miracle power and authority, and that changes everything. The devil has no defense against it. So why don't we just check that Romans 8, verses 5 and 6. I like it when they back it up with the scriptures. That makes it for true. <clears throat> okay. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. And I'm going to continue with that. Verse 7, The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Now this is that quickening. Yes. Uh, you know, the word is uh, health and medicine to the marrow, to the bone, to the lifeblood of your body. So that's live, that living Holy Spirit in us gives life to us, and we need to line up with our words 
with what the Holy Spirit says. This is the quickening. It's divine health, wellness, and well-being. Carnality is death. Spirituality of the one true Holy Spirit is life. It's like chapter 8 begins, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. By accepting Christ, then we we are free. In the, uh, well, in the accepting ex- Him, we're in the new covenant. That's right. The acceptance of grace. is also then we have the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and we have that as our yeah. inward being. Then that's so. when our core, the spirit yes. men, our very that essence, changes. is cleansed by the blood of Christ. Right. right. And all the sin is washed out of the the core of us. Mm-hmm. And God sees us through Jesus. There is no sin in our core. Mm-hmm. Now we do have a residue of sin in our, in our flesh soul. body soul and in body. our soul. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to work on. Right. That's something Walt was talking to me about this morning. Well, make no mistake, Satan hates the Word of God. And he hates when we speak the word in faith. Satan will try to snatch the word and its anointing from us. And he will even try to persecute us. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why we need to meditate on the word and get it into our heart and mind, which are the emotions and intellect, the soul. Your mind is like a computer. You own it. You program it. You download into it. You access from it. You do not ask it how to feel. You tell it how to feel. Own your emotions and your life, moment to moment. How do we do this? We need to get the wisdom of God. So we can take control over our emotions. It's a choice. It's just, if you start thinking of your mind, your mind is the ultimate computer created by God. So if you think of your mind as a computer and program, reprogram the thoughts, attitudes, and out of that comes your words and behavior. And then life you can, <laughs> You can improve the world around you and improve yeah. your circumstances. And, you know, and sometimes it's not that we're going to change. <clears throat> sometimes we change other people. But uh, when, when they're not receiving and they are shut down and have a wall built up around them, it might not change them immediately, but it can change the way we view the situation and change the way we cope. And that can eventually change everything around us, like ripples. When you throw a rock in a pond, it can uh, eventually change the water so um, now Jill you're familiar um, Sandy mentioned uh, the book of mysteries that uh, we ended up buying it at about the same time and didn't say anything to each other and then she brought it up in a Sunday evening class you might you were out of town I was gonna say I don't remember okay well she started going through it and I had it sitting right there beside my chair at home, and I had, you know, just like read the foreword and all that to get an idea of the book, and so now I'm working on it. This is by Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. He's a mess, um, and he is not a messianic rabbi. He's an Orthodox uh, Jewish rabbi. He's a practicing rabbi. It's not messianic, but he's on a lot of messianic programs. Okay. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, let me back up a minute. Jonathan. No. Jonathan Kahn is messianic. Yes. I'm thinking of, um, oh, I'm thinking of Daniel Lappin that was just on. Daniel Lappin's the orthodox, the the regular Jewish rabbi. Jonathan Kahn is messianic. So he does bring in the Jesus part. Um, this book is set up to go back into the Jewish viewpoint of the scriptures. 
and it's set up as a daily uh, mystery that he reveals from the Jewish uh, rabbinic <coughs> viewpoint. Wow. The, the, the thing is they are really, really deep and when he has suggested scriptures at the bottom of the page, get your Bible out and start making notes and connecting dots. It'll just blow your mind. Uh, I'm not going to say blow your mind because we're not supposed to say that yeah, stuff anymore. But um, it, it would just, just give you such deep revelation. And it's just amazing. And you read one and then you find yourself wanting to keep reading more. But you can only read about four or maybe five at the most because your mind just is so full till you're, you're done doing this and it's like oh my gosh I can't do anyway. I can't make my mind work any further than this it's so overwhelmed okay so what I'd like to do when I read this like a week uh, like over a little over a week ago it's uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn C-A-H-N The Book of Mysteries the latest book he put out and it's selling like wildfire and uh, day 19 is called Aaliyah now I've read lots of messianic stuff on Aaliyah and basically it's uh, one of the meanings of Aaliyah is um, pilgrimage okay. okay but he goes further into that and this just think in terms of this as renewing your mind okay uh, the way he has it set up is he's the the person who's receiving the teaching he's the student and then there's a teacher which who isn't named but it's the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Okay. come said the teacher where I asked up he answered up a mountain he then took me on a half-hour journey through the desert to a particularly high mountain. Let us go up, he said. So we did. There was nothing easy about it. I had to rest several times just to catch my breath. Finally, we made it to the top. Look at that, he said, pointing to the majestic panorama before us. It's something you can only see from up here from the heights. It was worth the climb. Do you know what it's called in Hebrew? What we just did? Torture? <laughs> no, he said. It's called Aliyah. It means the going up, the ascent. When you read in the scriptures of Messiah going to Jerusalem, you'll find the word up used over and over again. Why is that? Jerusalem is a city set on the mountains, so to get there you have to go up. So the journey to Jerusalem is called Aliyah, the ascending. And it was not only because of the physical terrain, but because Jerusalem is the holy city. So to go to Jerusalem is to make Aliyah. In the modern age, when the Jewish people began to return to the land of Israel, the return was called Aliyah. Going to the Promised Land was known as making Aliyah, the upward journey. The children of Israel were commanded to make Aliyah, but those who are of Messiah are the spiritual children of Israel. So what would that mean? They also have an Aliyah to make? Yes, said the teacher. But a spiritual people must make a spiritual journey. So what's the journey, I asked? What's the Aliyah? Your life, said the teacher. Your entire life is the Aliyah. Your life is a journey, but in God it is to be an upward journey, an ever higher ascending. How do you do that? The same way you ascended the mountain. Every day you will be given choices. Every choice will give you the chance to go lower, to stay the same, or to go higher. Choose the higher path, even if it's harder. Take the higher step. Let each of your steps be higher than the step before it. Each of your days be higher than the day before it. And you will end up walking on mountain heights 
and your life will be in Aaliyah. The mission? Today, choose the higher step, the higher act, the higher ground, the higher path in every decision. Start making your life in Aaliyah. And then it suggests, yeah. And that all ties into the renewing of the mind. It's a journey. Every day, every every thought that you have, every decision that you make, every ch every choice is an, is part of your aliyah. And we're spiritual people, so we need to have a spiritual journey and ascend to go up. Now, uh, he suggests Psalm one one twenty one, and boy, does this tie in, because. If you've studied the book of Psalms, you'll find that this section of the Psalms is called the Ascents. Yes. And these are each one of these Psalms, starting with Psalm 120, Psalm 120 through 134. These each one of these is called a Song of Ascent. And uh, these were sung as the pilgrims marched to the heights of Jerusalem three times a year to, uh, to the temple at least because these were the high hol holidays that God decreed that all the men go to Jerusalem to the temple. And um, and the, they went to Jerusalem, they went to the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. And that takes you back to Ze Zechariah 8.3. So let's, uh, let's do Psalm 120. 120 or 121? Uh, okay, yeah, 121, you're right. is good too, but go to 121 because that's what he specified. Would you like to read that, Jill? Well, I have the Amplified. Okay. So Go ahead. It's longer. <laughs> I will lift my eyes to the hills around Jerusalem, to sacred Mount Zion. From whence shall come my help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip or to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The, Lord, the sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Wow, that's very nice. It's not that much longer than my version. No, I, I noticed it didn't have any other than the Mount Zion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. So that all, it's the going up, it's the ascent, it's going to Jerusalem, it's making a Leah, it's making a so spiritual. A-L-I-Y-A-H. And how many psalms did you say were part of this? Uh, 120 to 134. 134. They say okay. 15 of them. Mm -hmm. When you hear uh, Jews making Aliyah nowadays, they're going back to Israel from the other countries. Mm -hmm. And that's the most common usage you hear of now. It's the phys physically returning to Israel to make it their home. And then uh, a lot of American Jews make Aliyah, you know, they'll make a trip to pilgrimage. Jerusalem, a pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he takes it a lot deeper, and I, when I read this, I thought, making this spiritual journey and making these choices, everything's a choice. And that does all tie back into the renewal of the mind. Mm -hmm. And he specifically says, choose the higher path, even if it's harder. This journey um, to Jerusalem must have been quite a trek for them in the olden days. And you know, I'm thinking of all the major capitals in the world. Uh, Moscow, Berlin, Washington, D.C. Um, you just can go on and on. Paris, 
London, they're all in low places. Like hmm. most of them were built on swamps. Moscow, Berlin, both built on swamps. So or there, you know, capital. near near the harbor, so it was or low lands, so towards sea level. All low level. I mean, I don't know of any major capitals that are something you have to hike up to. So that's kind of interesting because it does place Jerusalem in a unique place. Mm -hmm. hmm. As to the hills. The only one I can think of is perhaps Mecca. And they have to travel a long journey to Mecca to get uphill. And I believe it's a, you know it's on a an elevate it's elevated higher than a lot of these other cities. Hmm. Because they always took what came out of the Bible and twisted it into turning it into the Quran. Yeah. But they took the all the basic you know they take the basic concepts and then they contort them. <coughs> now the other uh, scripture he cited is Mark 10 Okay, and this will illustrate what he said about the scriptures going up. Going up. Do you want to read that, Ed? 10.32? Yes. They were on the way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking out in front of them, and they were bewildered and perplexed and greatly astonished. And those who were still following were seized with alarm and were afraid. And he took the twelve apostles again and began to tell them what was about to happen to him. <coughs> okay. Now in the NIV, it specifically says they were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. And then verse 33 also says, we are going up to Jerusalem. So he went up to the city to lay his life down. And he made that choice. He could have, he could have declined, but he said, your will, Father, not mine. <coughs> So he made the higher choice, took the higher path. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time in Proverbs because the, there are a lot of Proverbs that um, talk about renewing the mind and having wisdom and making choices. The first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs function as a theological introduction to biblical wisdom and God-centered orientation of wise behavior, which flows from the mind. The purpose of the book of Proverbs is to attain wisdom and principles, acquire disciplined and prudent life, do what is right and fair, give prudence to the simple, who lack knowledge, add learning and discerning and guidance, understand teachings. The fear of the Lord is the key to and the beginning of knowledge. The second step is to put God first and in the center of your life. So, uh, of course, you have to start with Proverbs chapter 1 and uh, read verses 1 through 8. You sure you Taylor? Know, one through nine? Well, you could do nine. Okay. Because it's broken into a section in my Bible. Okay. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To discern the sayings of understanding. To receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the naive to the youth knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom and knowledge. 
The fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. Okay. Oh, I like what um, verse 4 said. To give prudence to the naive and to youth knowledge and discretion. Yeah, because uh, the NIV says give giving prudence to the simple. Now, <sighs> nowadays, when we think of someone as a simpleton, we think of them as having a low IQ. Yeah. That they don't have the wherewithal and capability to learn. But when you say it's naive, a lot of times... Uh, being naive is not a low IQ. Right. It just means it's you uneducated, yeah. inexperienced, uneducated. So uh, that was helpful to hear that. Like my squirrel this morning. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> learned now. <laughs> he did. He got a little lesson this morning. He was naive. Yeah. Yeah. He was innocent. I snuck up on my squirrel. And I got to touch him. So. Good. Yeah. <laughs> the squirrel had its head in the feeder. And was oblivious. He was stuffing himself, and Taylor walked up behind him real quietly and grabbed his little squirrel but. butt and well, scared hilarious. the daylights out of it. <laughs> it ran off, but it came back later. Yeah, but but the the squirrel was young and didn't know any better, you know. Whereas the older ones would be would have bit me. Would have been running quicker than that. They would have been a little bit more vigilant. So uh, being naive is um, a somewhat better term. Now, you know, simple-minded people can have low IQs, but not always. So, um, But even a wise man will hear an increase in learning, and his understanding right. will acquire wise counsel. So, yeah. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, yesterday was April Fool's Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Their holiday, the atheist holiday. <coughs> All right. So, uh, fear of the Lord is the key. And then put God first and focus on him. Put him in the center of your life. Make him your source. Any other discussion on Proverbs 1? Nope. All right, let's go to Proverbs 2. Okay. Uh, the second chapter lays the foundation and describes the source and primary benefits of wisdom. You will understand the fear of the Lord if you accept my wise words, store up my commands, because you'll need them later. Turn your ear to wisdom, really pay attention to and listen. Apply your heart to understanding, ask for insight, ask for understanding. Actively search for wisdom. It is the Lord who gives wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The Lord is the source of wisdom. Our efforts bring it into our minds. Understanding and applying the divine guidance provides safety and security. Wisdom changes the way we respond to wicked men and men with perverse words. Wisdom gives us discernment and discretion in the way we react and speak. We should not join in their evil activities or listen to foul words. We must walk in the ways of good men and keep to paths of righteousness and be blameless. We will reap the blessings of living in the land of covenant as our father Abraham and in the land of milk and honey. So that's what I got out of Proverbs 2. Okay. And... Um, I think I'll read that out of the NIV because this is kind of a long one, but I want to read the whole thing, and the NIV is a little bit simpler. Now, if you have some other phrases that you like, you can, uh, you know, bring them up. But look, for, look for these things that I just talked about. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom, and applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, 
and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. There's that path going up. <laughs> for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. It will save you also from the adulteress, from this wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left her the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death, and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. <laughs> so we are to hear, store, and act with the heart, and speak the word. And the wisdom comes from the Lord, who is our source. And then when we listen and seek him, and take it into our minds and, and emotions, then we will receive all the benefits. We need to get the wisdom down into the heart. And wisdom is more than knowledge. Okay. We... <clears throat> wisdom is insight as to how to use what you have been given in terms of knowledge. Uh, Perception is composed of knowledge, wisdom, and works. So knowledge can be acquired in many ways, visual, reading, and hearing. It is basically information. And um, you will find that your associates would define you by your background and what they perceive about that information. You may be from it, but you're not bound to it. Uh, when you acquire wisdom, wisdom is insight as to, to use that knowledge that you've been given. <clears throat> so, we want to think the God way of thinking. Think like him, speak his word, speak and act like Jesus did when he walked this earth. Listen to the Holy Spirit, speak out what the Holy Spirit is, uh, says to us, and then um, do what he advises us to do. Now, it talks here about the evil men, and uh, it would behoove us to stay away from that as much as possible because they tend to try to influence us. And it talks about the adulteress and her way and um, the wayward life, ignoring the covenant. And here, this is a, um, like an allegory. It, it talks about the flesh of the adulteress, but uh, it's also talking on a spiritual level when you walk away from the word of God and you're seduced into the ways of the world, the seduction of the world, the, the quick, quick burst of happiness as opposed to the long-term joy of the Lord and walking away uh, from your covenant with God. Um, the partner of your youth, that would be when you're first falling in love with Jesus and you make him your husband and you're his bride and all. And then, and then you start to, you know, like not read as much scripture, not study as much, not pray as much, not go to, to uh, church as much and, and start just walking away and doing other things. So it's, it's more than just talking about an adulteress in the flesh fleshly way of living but it's also the spiritual so he points out 
the people who were trying to take you astray here in 12 through 19, you know, in seven verses. Right. But the rest of this psalm is about, you know, uh, trying to get understanding, trying to get wisdom, and trusting in God to keep you there. Well, in verse 11, it says, Discretion shall watch over you, understanding shall keep you. Mm -hmm. So, unless you're understanding, you can... I mean, you're going to lose out unless you mm -hmm. really, truly understand that the Word of God is being spoken and you have it and can use it. You're, you have to have, like you said, insight into this understanding. Yeah, discretion will guard you. Yes. Understanding will watch over you. That's the way my Bible puts yes. it. Yeah. And it will keep you. So the understand, if we understand it, then we know that we're going to have to more or less it'll be easier to kind of keep yeah the it's very clear away. even even in, even in uh verse three for mm -hmm. if you cry for discernment yeah ask for it mm -hmm. right yeah ask the holy spirit <laughs> and search for it study mm -hmm. you know read books you know listen to sermons and mm -hmm. and um go outside of just your own church but uh Get what's available. We have this media nowadays that, you know, takes the word around the world, and we have so many resources available for studying and understanding. Search it out. People search for treasure. They search for riches. And, and if we would seek after the, the word of God like it's the greatest treasure ever, then that's how we begin to renew our minds with the washing of the word. Right. <clears throat> and if, if you that's um, what we have to understand that this is the best thing there is <laughs> yeah. yeah because if you spend your whole day watching TV you're yeah. going to start doubting everything that's right you, oh, uh, God, your mind's going to be filled full of poison can't even <laughs> watch it yeah. we, got, we get to the point where we can't even watch Fox News half the time yeah. you know? can't watch any of it you can only watch so much of it yeah. No, he's saying, okay, we're done. My mouth, my mouth we're done. Goes. Oh, we start screaming. Yeah. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. <laughs> this is over. Done. <laughs> Find something else. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> but, you know, then it goes back on verse 20. Walk in the ways of good men. Keep mm -hmm. to the paths of the righteous. So you want to keep, keep people around you that are also seeking for that <clears throat> great treasure. The pearl beyond price. And, um... Let them influence you in a good way instead of letting the world influence you in a bad way. Yeah. That's why Sunday school classes like this are really beneficial to us. They're important. Mm -hmm. Because other people sometimes have insights that you didn't get yet. And, um, or they'll have experiences and testimonies that will add value to your reading of the scripture and show that, yes, this scripture does work. You pray the promises, they work. So the word works when you work it, as John Hagee says and T.D. Jake says. The word will work if you work it. So <laughs> the word will work if you speak it in this class <laughs> during this topic. Okay. And then next we're going to go to Proverbs 3. And let me just give you what I have to say about that. And then look for these things as we read it. <coughs> Wisdom prolongs life and brings prosperity. We must keep love and faithfulness, meditate on God's commands, put them deep into our hearts, trust in him always, and always acknowledge him. Fear the Lord and shun evil. In doing so, we will win favor and a good name in the sight of the Lord. A good name is worth far more than silver and gold and defines who you are in the eyes of others. Your name can diminish you or bring you favor and benefits in the spiritual and in the natural realms. We are to honor the Lord with our first fruits, tithes, and offerings. This is a physical way to prove that we understand that everything comes from God and that we acknowledge and trust him as our source. This shows the state and perspective in our minds and hearts. Out of our hearts 
The mouth speaks, so this is a very important concept. Put your money and resources where your mouth is. You cannot outgive God, so when you honor him with your seed sown into his kingdom, he will honor and bless you even more. This will definitely change your circumstances and world for the better. Wisdom with understanding leads to blessings, peace, safety, sweet sleep, and confidence. Line up our speech with this concept and have no worry, but only trust in the Lord. Live and speak in love and back up our speech with goodwill and actions. The Lord detests a perverse person, so we need to work on eliminating harmful, vain, prideful, and envious thoughts and speech. Speak blessings, and blessings will come back to us like a boomerang. Okay, so, <clears throat> that's a lot, but I'm going to read Proverbs 3 in the NIV, because it's sweet and simple. <coughs> my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant, path, or pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. By wisdom... The Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight, for they will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or, or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, Come back later, I'll give it you tomorrow, when you now have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor, who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways, for the Lord detests a perverse man, but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools he holds up to shame. So there's a lot in there. <laughs> but here again, it all goes back to the battlefield of the mind. It's your thoughts, your imagination, your imaginings, your perceptions, your emotions. And then that all comes out of your mouth and in your actions, your behavior. And people will see it for what it is. They see the outflow 
from that mind when they see how you talk and act. <clears throat> so in verses 5 and 6, we are to trust the Lord. Verse 7 is about your health and how your words will influence your physical flesh. Uh, verses 9 and 10 are tells you to honor the Lord with your first fruits mm -hmm. and how you're blessed. You can't out give the Lord. Also Everything this, will yeah. overflow with blessings when you honor him first. Verses 11 and 12 are about the discipline of love. And uh, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Uh, in parentheses, you can put or shrink from. Mm -hmm. Don't don't just despise, but don't just don't shrink back from it, but accept it as a as a, a proper correction. Um, <clears throat> and he does it in love because he wants you to to have a better life. Um, Thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. Um, and going on down through 18, talks about wisdom leading to blessings. And in verse 17, when it says, all her paths are peace, that's shalom, the Hebrew word shalom. And you know it's a whole lot more than not being at war. But peace is all, and it's safety, security, uh, having all that you need, nothing broken, nothing missing that everything's complete and you're, you're blessed. You're just living in abundance in the land of milk and honey. So peace is um, the best blessing you can get. That's the best, that's God's best when you have his shalom. <clears throat> then it talks about, um, let's see, wicked means twisted, literally means twisted. That's where we get the word wicker, is twisted fibers. Wicker. Wickedness is missing the mark, uh, fro froward, counter to the word of God. So uh, when you're sinning, when you're wicked, you're missing God's mark, you're missing his standards. Um, when you're talking with a froward mouth that it mentions, uh, you're talking counter to the word of God. <coughs> Um, it mentions shame, and that includes disgrace and dishonor. And it basically tells you that we can influence our outcome of blessing or a curse according to our thoughts and words. So here again, speak blessings. Blessings will come back to us. Wisdom, by the way, in the Hebrew is hokoma. <coughs> H-O-K-M-A-H. Devised from the verb hakam, to be wise or to act wisely. You know what? I think I wrote that down somewhere. I think it's on a piece of paper on my table. Oh, okay. And I think I have some more to talk about with that. I'm glad you brought My that My Bible up. just had a section on it. Oh. Pokemon's skill and intelligence. See, it's right here. Oh, I got it out of a Joseph Prince teaching. Oh, well, it's this whole section here. Oh, good. There's a whole th thing on it. I haven't read it all. Hakom, to be wise or to act wisely. Hakom. Or Hokma. I don't know how it's pronounced. Hokma. Hokma. Mm-hmm. And uh, that in the ancient times, the Near East was very interested in being wise, and they gave, I would think, they gave a lot of um, honor to men of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's well, my a. My study Bible has some occasional pearls of wisdom in it. Yeah. Occasional. Shock me. <laughs> It has lots of examples here of wisdom through the Bible yeah. and the different permutations that's of interesting. it. That's good. Yeah. <clears throat> Ethical wisdom, skill and intelligence as shrewdness, and the personification of wisdom. So, yeah, very good. 
Okay, what time do you have there? Uh, five till. Okay, then we're done. Okay. So that's good. We got through uh, three proverbs, and then uh, now we're not going to do every every chapter. We're not going to you know read the whole chapter of proverbs. But those first few are really just like stuff uh, with what we're talking about and getting wisdom and getting it into our hearts and our minds and uh, learning to change our speech to have wisdom. <laughs> And yes. speak wisdom instead of foolishness. Yes. And, you know, we will work through this area of the battlefield of the mind. And then we will get to learning what it means to line up with the word of God. And we will get to a section on eliminating, actually eliminating vain and negative speech. And, and, and sweeping that out of our mouths. And in particular, some <laughs> Pennsylvania phrases that we're starting to think about now that are oh, yeah. not very wise to repeat. Yeah. Like, I, to die for the mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's in there. It's in there. Yeah, you guys. So, really? You, you if you think of some of these <laughs> phrases, go ahead and write them down because we're going to actually okay. yeah. talk about we're trying to I have list. a whole pages. Yeah. On things that we say every day, contrary yeah, to what that about is it. absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yes. We're bringing yeah. curses on ourselves. Yes. So, um, yeah, if you think of some of these phrases that you grew up with and they just pop out of your mouth because you don't think of it, it's habit. Go ahead and write it down. Yeah. Put it in. Because we can share them. And we're going to talk about a lot of that. <laughs> so we will get to a real practical part of this of actually cleaning up our speech and making it more profitable. <laughs> as profitable oh, as gold and yeah. silver. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. Okay. So. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.